All right. Thank you so much, Camille, William. Uh, worship can be done uh, to our God because he's in all places. And so even as today we are unable to be shoulder to shoulder, we are still able to be before God and in that sense be together. So uh, what a what a beautiful thing to be able to pray together and sing together. Um, so I'm going to share the screen. I'm not the best at zoom but uh we're gonna we're gonna try this can everybody see the the screen looks good okay good so uh i spent uh I, i've decided that we're just we're not going to continue with mark i just i i just have this sense that uh we we uh, need something a little bit more conducive to zoom so i've i've uh, switched to more of a devotional um, and I spent, uh, last few days kind of thinking about, well, what do I want to do for a devotional? And, uh, you know, I had several ideas, uh, picking up some material from some sermons that, you know, I, I, I didn't have time for, believe it or not. There is, uh, even in my sermons, things I don't get to say. Um, but, uh, was kind of thinking would do that. And then, um, I, I got to have, uh, an experience that just completely organized my thoughts and told me exactly what kind of devotional we needed to have this morning. So uh, a little little bit for, let me see, why is that? Uh, uh, oh, tab. So for, uh, hang on here. So uh, last night, uh, I got to take this picture. You see, you see that picture there. Look, look at that field. Uh, it's icy everywhere, but man, what a great shot! I don't. I mean, I know everybody says, "Well, I saw it great on TV," but look at that. You know, they were. It's like they were throwing the ball to me, right? Uh, and so, yes, uh, your pastor, uh, perhaps lacking wisdom or. Uh, uh, otherwise, uh, not having um, much uh, wit about him, ended up going to the game last night. And uh, here's here's a picture. Not just we don't you don't just have one one fool in the congregation. There was there was me and Henry, and look Arlen. Uh, Arlen was there too. And uh, Arlen uh, he he got his seats up in the nosebleed section, and he wants to tell me. Uh, that it was warmer up there than it was where I was, but uh, I'm not so sure. Anyways, uh, we got to go to the game. The reason I got to take that picture is because I was I was right there, and I, I, we all know it was cold, but we, we made sure that we were prepared for the cold because uh, we dressed extra extra warm. All right, let me just take you through uh, some some of what's going on here. So from the bottom up, uh, we had some nice shoes uh, that were lined. They were snow boots with a thick sole and a nice furry lining. We put wool socks on and a second pair of socks. And then we put some uh, heaters, some little uh, uh, toe, toe warmers inside of our shoes. And then uh, I wore three pairs of sweatpants. And then I wore uh, a uh, a T-shirt, an electronic heated vest, two additional fleece vests, a 
uh, hooded jacket. And then on top of all of that, I put on this snowsuit. And then I put on a, uh, I don't know what you call that face mask, but I had I had a, uh, a face mask and a second, you know, whole head face mask and a, a stocking cap and even a ski mask. And then I had uh, gloves. And so with this outfit, we felt prepared to go and uh, watch that game that was 20 degrees below zero wind chill or even 30 degrees below zero wind chill. And that's how we went to the game. So what we did was uh, we had to put on the right armor, you know, and that's how we got to this game. And so the, the devotional thought that came to me is, is the armor of God in Ephesians chapter six. Because when you're dealing with something like the extreme cold, every part of your body has to be armored or you will lose the fight. Uh, the, the wind and the cold will find the weakness in your outfit, in your armor. And from that little crack, it will take all of your life from you. And the same thing is true for us when we think about our Christian lives in this world doing battle with what the scriptures tell us is the great spiritual powers all around us. And because this battle is always pursuing us and always looking for the weakness in our Christian life to exploit so that they can destroy us, we are exhorted by Paul to put on the full armor of God. The Apostle Peter describes the devil as a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. That is our adversary, a roaring lion. That is a lion that is hungry, that is fearsome, that is focused on the, on the destruction and the devouring of God's people. And so we have a mighty enemy, and only by being armored in armor that is stronger than our enemy can we hope to stand and persevere. And so Paul, at the end of Ephesians, uh, his letter, he gives us a description of the armor of God that we are called to put on. Let me read our text. Ephesians 6.11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. 
So Paul's argument here is that if we are going to stand against the spiritual warfare that is out there, it requires us to armor up, to put on not, not just what we think would defend ourselves or what we think will make us strong, but to put upon ourselves the armor of God. And he goes through a whole list of, of elements of our armor that is uh, inspired or, or taken from his familiarity with the Roman soldier that he would have seen many times, but also the armor that uh, is described in the Old Testament. The armor of God is, is also found uh, several times in the book of Isaiah. And so Paul is bringing that forward to tell the Christian, you are in a battle and we need to wear armor. And the armor that he says we need to wear is first, truth. Truth is our belt. He says that we stand against all of these forces. That is the imperative, to stand. That is the command. He uses it four times. And so if we are going to take our stand against this roaring lion, against these spiritual forces uh, in the present darkness, we have to have this armor, which includes both defensive aspects uh, like like shields, but also offensive aspects, like the sword. All of these are required for us to stand against the evil powers. And so he starts his description with the belt. And the belt was the piece of equipment that held everything together. It was the uh, item that girded up the loins of a warrior so that they could go and do battle. The fitness of a, of a warrior to fight the fight had everything to do with the belt holding all of their gear together and keeping their garments from getting in the way of their attack. And so the, the belt that Paul says we are to wear is the belt of truth. The truth that we are to have is, is the truth of God, which is the word of God, which is the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Our de the, the, the devil is called the father of lies. And we are going to constantly be attacked by half-truths and mistruths and twisted truths. And so the defense against that is that we are girded and secured with the belt of truth, with the knowledge of God's word, with the knowledge of who Jesus is. But beyond that, he talks about the breastplate. The breastplate covered the entire chest of the soldier and, and protected his vital organs. And so the breastplate was essential for protection. And Paul says that our breastplate is the righteousness of God. The righteousness that covers us, that, that, that protects our vitals, is God's righteousness. And this is the first gift of the gospel, our union to Christ immediately covers us with the righteousness of Christ. All of the filthy, weak garments of our life, our unrighteousness or our self-righteousness, are covered by the armor, the breastplate of righteousness that Christ gives us. But it's not just something that we are given at the beginning of the gospel. Paul also says it is a righteousness that we are to put on. And so he is not just talking about the righteousness of our justification. He is also talking about the righteousness that comes in the call to our sanctification. 
Like we said last week, sanctification is growing in our likeness to Christ. It is being undividedly Christ's. And so our sanctification must also be our pursuit. We put on the armor of God by our commitment to becoming more like Christ. So right here, I would just like to say, where do you need to put on righteousness? I know a lot of uh, people told me last week's sermon uh, was very convicting. What temptations and sins have been revealed to you of having particular access to your heart? What 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 have, has the Holy Spirit revealed to you as the location of the fight? If we only acknowledge that we have those and do not pursue sanctification in that area, then we are leaving our armor with chinks in it. We are exposing our vitals to attack if we do not pursue our our temptations with sanctification. And so whatever things have been brought to your mind in conviction, these things must be especially prayed over and even uh, given over to accountability. Your brothers and sisters here at Renew are probably struggling with the same things that you are. You do not have to fight these different temptations for your heart alone. But the church has been given to us to give accountability to help us in our pursuit of sanctification. But beyond that, Paul also talks about our shoes being the readiness of the gospel. And this is an interesting piece of, uh, of the armor. In ancient days, a battle was reported from town to town by messengers running that, uh, to the town, and there were actually watchmen that would sit, sit at the gate and watch the person who was running, and based on the way that they ran, based on the, the, the way that their feet carried them, they could discern good news is coming or bad news is coming. And so if they saw the person running with feet proclaiming good news, that brought peace to that city. And so Paul says, our feet are carriers of the good news of the gospel, are the givers of peace to places that have become war-ravaged by the spiritual battle. So we have been given the gospel and the proclamation of the gospel as part of our armor against the evil one. We are not only able to hold our ground with the armor of God, but we are able to take ground with the armor of God. And so this reminds us of the importance of evangelism. Evangelism is the offense that the church has been given in spiritual warfare. At Renew, we have tried to make uh, the, the priority of sharing the gospel something that we all feel. We've, we've uh, gone through some evangelism training. But here we are at the new year. And I want us to redouble our efforts about being evangelizers. So I want to ask you, who are you praying for that does not know Jesus? And who are you working toward having a conversation about Jesus? 
Let's let's make sure that we are always focused on someone to be sharing the gospel with. Because when that day comes, we will know it is the day that God has provided. In addition to, to the armor of our breastplate and our shoes, uh, we're also being told that we're given the shield of faith. Now, the shield that Paul would recognize was a large shield. The Romans had a shield that was like the size of a door. It covered the whole, whole front of a person. And it protected the soldier from any front attack. In addition, the, the shield was usually coated with animal skins, which was designed specifically to extinguish arrows that were lit on fire. And so Paul is taking that image from Roman armor to talk to us about the reality that we are under attack from flaming arrows of the evil one. In ancient warfare, a lit arrow was one of the most dangerous uh, weapons. And so Paul is telling us that the devil and the spiritual powers of darkness, they fight with the worst and scariest weapons. We do ourselves a great disservice if we think that they do not have powerful, terrifying weaponry. These flaming arrows are arrows that will destroy, if not shielded. And so we need to recognize that the evil one will throw flaming arrows of temptation, of guilt, of shame, of personal condemnation. He will throw arrows of persecution. He will throw arrows of you suffering for your faith. He will throw arrows of mockery. He will throw arrows of humiliation at you. Anything to cause you to crumble. Anything to cause you to fall back and fall in the fight. There is no attack that the evil one will not take. I was told when uh, I was at a particularly low point, at a point where I felt most under attack, a, a spiritual friend of mine said that the devil never fights fair. You will be shocked at how the devil throws his arrows. But the good news here is that Paul says we have been given the perfect defense against the arrows. We have faith as a shield. The shield of faith that we have in the gospel we are told, can extinguish all the flaming arrows. All the flaming arrows that may be thrown at us. Our faith has a defense. Because our faith unites us to God. Right? And so, what do we do to defend against the flaming arrows? We draw near to him in faith. When the flaming arrow comes and our response is not to separate ourselves from our faith, but rather to draw closer to God in faith, the devil is resisted. The flaming arrow is extinguished. The next piece of armor is the helmet. The helmet protected the head against the most serious and life-threatening blows, the death blow to the head. 
And Paul says that our helmet is the knowledge of our salvation. The knowledge of the salvation that we have in Christ accomplishes the same thing for us that the helmet accomplished for the warrior in battle. How is that? Because as we understand fully who we are in Christ, we can be confident that the evil one has nothing to destroy us with. Here, here is what we know that we have in the gospel. We are already redeemed. We are already redeemed. The redemption that we have has already happened. It is not something we are working towards. It is something that we have. We are already adopted. We already call God Father. We are already known by him as sons and daughters. Our adoption is secure and irreversible. We are already sealed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has already come into our lives and said, this person is mine. And the Holy Spirit will not leave where he has chosen to dwell. Remember what John says, that the one who is in us is more powerful than the one who is in the world. And when we are saved by the gospel, we are sealed by the Spirit. He says, you will never be separated from God. Whatever you face, you face with me, the Holy Spirit. We are already, because we are in Christ, raised. The certainty of our resurrection and our glorification is as certain as we can look back and see our Lord and Savior raised and glorified. Finally, Paul tells us that we are seated in the heavenly places. The throne that Christ has purchased for us is already there. And we are, in a sense, because we are in Christ, already seated upon it. These things are already ours. With Christ, we are more than conquerors. And that is what the salvation, the helmet of salvation is to tell us. The more that we know what Jesus has done for us, the more that we know what Jesus has accomplished for us, the more assurance we have. And when our salvation is under attack, our assurance is harder than a helmet to protect us from the attacks of the evil one. The last piece of armor is the sword, the sword of the spirit. Now, the sword that is used here is, is described as a double-edged sword. It is a sword that is used for combat. And so in complement to our shoes of readiness, the word of God is also given to us as an instrument to fight. The word and the spirit have been given to us so that we are not only armored, but armed to be victorious in the battle. Beloved, the word of God is the most powerful weapon. We become attackers of the powers of darkness by having a good grasp of the word of God. So I exhort all of us to be reading it, to be meditating on it, and to be applying it constantly. This takes you from a soldier to a veteran in very short order. And you are a most fearsome adversary 
in the spiritual war that is happening around us. So those are the pieces of armor. As you guys have time today and over the next couple of days in the cold, <laughs> spend some time taking inventory. Are there any chinks in your armor? Are there any pieces that I've listed that are missing? That you are not holding on to your body? That you are not putting on? Are any of these pieces being made weakened by your own neglects? There is a call to put on this armor because there is a responsibility to take this armor to ourselves. We do not want to be soldiers who are attacked and wounded because we left our armor on the floor, right? Now, when I went to that game yesterday, there was one chink in my armor. You might notice that I was not wearing the same gloves on my right hand and on my left hand. The reason for this was I could not pull the uh, matching glove onto my other hand with my other hand in a glove. And so I had to put on a much inferior glove. It was just kind of, well, let me just tell you, I knew immediately that that glove stunk. Uh, it was a very cold feeling right there in my hand. And that cold feeling was going to take over my whole body. That was where the attack was because that's where my armor was weak. But something amazing happened. I, I had a, a glove problem on my right hand. I need a right-handed glove to survive. And as I was walking into the stadium, my glasses were all covered in fog. I could see maybe 30%. And I dropped this glove because I had to take it off to put on, uh, to, to, to get my tickets out. And so I had the glove in my hand while I'm walking into the stadium and I ended up dropping it. And when I dropped it, I reached down at the ground to pick it up. And this glove was on the ground right at my feet. It was an extra large, thick, very warm glove. It was right at my feet. I don't know how it got dropped. I'm going to trust it was God's grace and not some person who is now with one glove. But at my feet was a right-handed glove that was warm and fit and that I could put on. And suddenly, the chink in my armor was fixed. So what I want you to think about you might have chinks in your armor today, but God provides everything that you need to have an armor with no chinks in it. Ask God, look at what he has given you and put it on. Beloved, God has provided everything we need to stand against the attacks of the evil one. His armor protects us fully and can be trusted with our very lives. Beloved, put on the armor of God. Amen?